Welcome to today's Bobcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dean Arnold, with Bob LaBelle, uh, founder of Partners for Christian Media. And uh, you can find this podcast at todaysbobcast.com, as well as all the other podcast platforms. Uh, hey, Bob, how's it going? It's going great, Dean. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Uh, I see that piano in the background. You, you've been playing some tunes? Well, I'm learning, I'm learning a few chords and taking a few lessons. And, and that's are you really? Of, yeah. I didn't that's, know that. Yeah, it's one of the things on my bucket list and I'm working at it. Oh, okay. I, yeah. uh, I got running a marathon on my bucket list. Can we switch? <laughs> well, that's a whole different story. I wouldn't mind <laughs> a, a marathon myself, but I'm working on walking good now. So. <laughs> Okay, uh, so uh, last week uh, we uh, spent some time telling some miracle stories, and that was a lot of fun, and we didn't really have enough time, and so we're going to do that again today, uh, and uh, it's always a good time to tell miracle stories, but we, uh, we're doing it right now just because it's been such a crazy time with the pandemic and the lockdowns and all the weirdness and, you know, even the sense that something worse is looming, you know. Uh, signs of the times, maybe, maybe not, we don't know. But uh, in the midst of all that, uh, uh, as Bob says, we serve the living God and uh, he does miracles. And uh, uh, when it gets crazy, he gets uh, miraculous. Um, so it's good for us to remind ourselves. So um, I, think Bob, you got a, I think you got a, a verse to share with us about this whole thing. And then I'm going to get you to tell some stories. So go ahead. Yeah, we were talking uh, this morning before we uh, flipped the camera on, and I, I just shared that uh, one of my uh, all-time favorite verses is found in uh, Second Chronicles 16 and 9, and uh, particularly, uh, I'm reading today in the uh, New King James, but in the NIV, it's particularly powerful as well, and uh, it says, for uh, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, that he might show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are completely his. And it's just a favorite verse of mine it, uh, to think of God looking through the earth for somebody whose heart's completely his so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. And I truly have lived an amazing life that way. I'm not saying that, uh, Maybe we'll do another podcast on another day on unanswered prayers because there's some that I've prayed that haven't been answered. But uh, by and large, I've prayed a lot of prayers and had miraculous answers. And uh, yeah, oh, people, yeah. Uh, go ahead and finish that thought. I was just, I had another thought. Oh yeah, people have asked me when they read uh, read my book, Finding God's Frequency, and they've said, "How in the world do you do you have so many?" miraculous answers to prayer. I've never, one lady read it and said, you lived a blessed life. You open your mouth and God answers you. It's phenomenal. The things that have happened to you. And, uh, and I thought about it a while and I said, you know, the scripture says you have not because you ask not. Ask and receive that your joy might be made full. And the book of James, it says you just have to have faith nothing wavering, just ask, you know, <laughs> expect answers. And I guess where the Lord took me from and, and brought me out of, that I realized that I didn't get myself into this. This wasn't a man-made religion. 
somebody didn't teach me their their new faith and new religion, but I actually had a born again experience and, and with the living God came into his presence and had him come into my heart and life. And so I have taken the approach since I was just a young baby Christian that, hey, uh, you know, they taught me at the Outreach for Youth where I got saved that if you if you call upon the Lord, he'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not. And so I expect answers. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not an ego trip. It's not, you know, when uh, it, yeah, so here, I'll break in here uh, because uh, I meant to get this in last week when we did our pod, our Bobcast, but um, uh, you're, uh, when we have these conversations, you're usually quick to uh, point out that this has nothing to do with yours or anyone else's, uh, super holiness that this has to do with uh believing god that he's that he says if you'll ask i'll i'll answer and i'll let you comment on that but uh i'll just make the point that uh it, it's so extreme that even in matthew 25 where jesus is separating the sheep and the goats and he says to the goats he says you know uh, uh you uh you prophesied and you did healings and you did miracles and you cast out demons and I never knew you. Um, so even people who don't know Christ, who go to Christ in, <laughs> in their weirdness and ask for uh, him to do things and for miracles, he even grants that. So that shows you how extreme it is that this isn't, uh, this isn't based on our holiness. It's based on our faith. Well, boy, that's an interesting uh, subject you brought up there, and we could delve into the, the theology behind all that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. The, the Bible says we're not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. That's for sure. And uh, the uh, the uh, did I lose you for a minute? Yeah, but you're okay. Okay, my screen went dark for a second, so I thought I lost you, but. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, the scripture teaches that we're to humble ourselves, that uh, he would exalt us and, uh, for his purposes. And he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. And when you say it's not your own holiness, it's, it's truly not. I put my pants on like anybody else does, and I have my faults like anybody else does. But uh, now the, the scripture does teach us that we're to be holy even as he's holy and we're to try to live exemplary lives and so the i think the the real difference uh even though we didn't intend to get into this conversation i think the real difference there is uh uh the the word repentance that we have a repentant heart god looked at job and the bible says he considered him a perfect man uh, because the, the very next part of that verse says, because he eschewed or turned from evil. So uh, the scripture says a righteous man will fall seven times, and I can attest to that, but the scripture says he'll get back up again. And so I think that's part of the key, is I do uh, have my heart, try to keep my heart clean before the Lord, and the scripture says the heart's deceitful, so I don't want to boast in that. He that glories, let him glory in the Lord again. But uh, I do keep uh, uh, a repentant heart. And when I try to take time for reflection and to uh, pay attention to stuff that gets in my life that's 
sinful that that uh, uh, I repent of it so that one day he doesn't say to me, uh, depart from me, I never knew you. In right, fact, right, which, which gets back to uh, a point that we did make well uh, last week, which is miracles aren't the most important thing. They're a very important thing. They're part of the scriptures. They're very much part of the gospels and the life of Jesus. But the most important thing is knowing the Lord, loving the Lord, loving our neighbors and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's a good point there. Now we've been six, five or six minutes now into all this uh, uh, preparatory stuff. And I think our listeners are saying, get to the point. So uh, start telling us some stories. Start with your first one. Well, I was thinking this morning about some of the miraculous answers to prayer. And, and, you know, we told some crazy ones last week with the dog in the tin foil and, and uh, I think we've told the one about a total stranger showing up with $800,000 to buy a radio station. Didn't we share that? I know. Brief, briefly, that, 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 that's a whole show down the road, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, there's also little things that are personal that are, that are real near and dear to my heart. Um, we have uh, two children, uh, uh, Jordan and Haley. And uh, uh, they're both ad uh, adopted kids from Macedonia. That's a story in itself. But Jordan and I were fishing one day. And uh, I'm not a big fisherman. I don't have the patience for it. But we went fishing at a pond uh, real close by. And we fished for about an hour. And we fished till we were both bored. And we didn't catch anything. We didn't even have a nibble. And uh, the most exciting part of the day was putting a worm on a hook and throwing it in there. And so Jordan was getting bored and he was wanting to leave. And so I had the thought hit me, uh, which hits me quite a bit to pray. You know, I was sharing that a minute ago. You know, that's how I get so many answers to prayers because I dare to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint according to the scripture. So I said to Jordan, hey buddy, before we go, let's pray and ask God to give us a fish. But, you know, just like I have to point this out because there is theology behind this. The average person doesn't want to do that. And my flesh didn't want to do that because the voice you hear sit on your shoulder says, well, you're going to you're going to pray and nothing's going to happen. It's going to be a bad lesson <laughs> or you're going to make a fool out of God. Yeah. And so even on a little thing like this, you know, it's like, well, what's Jordan going to think if it doesn't happen? Well, I prayed it anyhow. And we took the worm and, and uh, made sure it was on the hook, and threw it back in there. And within one minute, we got us a fish that was this, this big. You can't see my other hand that's way out here, but it was, it was a tiny little bluegill or something. But nevertheless, it was a thrill for Jordan. He saw that fish on there flopping around. And uh, uh, the pond we were at was the catch and release. Uh, so we took it off the hook and threw it back in, but he was thrilled. And we both went home and he learned a lesson that God answers prayer. And uh, uh, maybe he also learned a lesson that God answers dad's prayer, but we both pray. And so funny enough, I don't remember now how many weeks it was later. It might've been the next weekend or two weekends later. We had a spitting image, mirrored image uh, occurrence that was exactly the same as the first time. We sat there for an hour and had no bites, got ready to leave and prayed a prayer again, threw the hook in, 
boom, same thing, less than a minute. Well, you know, you can't make up stories like this. I guess you could, but I'm just saying, God does these miracles for, for me and uh, for, for us. And I've, that's a little miracle, but it's kind of the way we've lived for a lot of years, the way I've lived. And I pray a lot and I get a lot of answers to prayer. And again, there's a few key prayers in my life that I've prayed that I still haven't got answers for. Uh, one that I uh, uh, never did get an answer for and, and, uh, and never will get a chance to have that one answered again. We'll go into that maybe at another show. But I was thinking this morning just about some of the cool things uh, in my background that I could share. But early on when I got uh, saved and got born again, I was excited to come home and tell everybody about it. And uh, some of you know that my dad was a bar mitzvah Jew from New York City. And I prayed for my dad's salvation. And he was happy for me that I got off the, the rock and roll and drug craze that I was on and uh, became a Christian. But he clearly told me it wasn't for him. Well, the scripture says, that we'll be saved in our households if we believe. And so I started praying for that. And my mom came around and rededicated her life to the Lord, started going to church. And uh, my dad went with her. And on an Easter Sunday, a few years uh, of laying claim to that scripture and praying for him, went uh, to church on Easter with my mom. And the pastor stood up, or the pastor was preaching and said, if you don't, know Christ, don't know where you're going to spend eternity, stand to your feet. And my Jewish daddy uh, uh, stood up and prayed a sinner's prayer and, and uh, became a believer that day. And uh, I could tell you a lot of cool stories of how God used him, and used him to touch other people's lives, and, and uh, what a blessing he was in my life. So, but, uh, so mom and dad, and I have a little brother that uh, came around and started attending a, a, a Bible study on the Ohio State campus and became a believer. I, I have an older brother in California that has uh, not really made a profession of faith yet, but as we've been praying for him for years, uh, he, uh, he actually read my book and told me that, uh, that he enjoyed it on an airplane ride, but he called me one day from California and told me something wild that happened to him. He said, uh, he was driving down the road and he had this premonition, this heavy pre premonition to drive home. And uh, he wasn't heading home. He was going out on a job site. He's a landscaper. So he turned around, went home. And when he got there, his house was on fire and he was able to keep it down with a hose until the fire department got there. But that day he attributed that to the Lord, to me. He, uh, he said, you know, I believe God, uh, uh, gave me that premonition to go home. So he's acknowledging the Lord. So I'm just, just saying, uh, we get a lot of answers to prayer. And if you've got uh, listeners or listening that have people in your family that need to come to Christ, hold on to the scripture, pray for them. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman uh, avails or accomplishes much. So don't ever forget that. And and don't let the devil tell you, oh, don't pray for them. They're not going to ever come around. That, that brother, that sister is this, that, or the other, and they're going to be, they're a tough cookie. Let God worry about the tough cookie, you know? Uh, Dave Skinner, who's on our board, had to 
Daddy, who is the executive vice president, I believe, of NBC, if, I, if I've got my networks right. And uh, he said uh, his dad was, was uh, adamant to not believe in Christ. And Dave held on and his wife held on praying for his daddy. And on his deathbed, I think he was in his 80s or 90s, uh, he uh, came around and Maria, Dave's wife, led him to Christ on his deathbed. So, oh, I didn't know that part of the story. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, uh, I've, I've told Dave's story on a Come On, Let's Go video, and uh, he's got this hysterical line, I guess you could call it hysterical, black comedy, um, where Dave, uh, you know, he was this hippie, and, uh, and he had this miraculous conversion to Christ, and all he can do now is talk about Jesus. And his dad is just like disgusted with him and said, can't you just go and do drugs like all the other kids? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but it's, it's nice to hear they had a deathbed conversion. So that's, that's, that's excellent. We're going to have to get Dave Skinner on here for a, uh, for a Skype interview, Bob. We keep bringing him up and he's got a lot of miracle stories. No, he does. I would love to do that with Dave one day. So let's let's plan that. And invite him on as a guest. Um, you got you got five more minutes. So pick a good story and let's uh, let's continue. Oh my gosh, five minutes! I've got so many. I don't know that I can do this in five, but I'll try real quickly. Right after I became a Christian, I was at this like a Teen Challenge Center outreach for youth called Outreach for Youth in Ohio, awaiting court trial. And everybody told me their stories uh, that they had prayed and God delivered them from a sentence. And so even though I had a looming big sentence over me for pushing drugs and that kind of thing, um, I, I, uh, I, I didn't know what, was, uh, what I was up for uh, when I went before the judge. And uh, I was praying. I was believing that it was going to be a, uh, a wash and they were going to let me go and stay at this outreach for youth because of good behavior but it didn't work out that way I, I prayed about it and went before the judge and the judge sentenced me to uh, I think it was 13 weeks in a juvenile diagnostic center and so uh, I did not get the answer I wanted but I got the answer I needed so what happened was I got uh, put in this place with a lot of rough kids, really rough kids. And I got put in a holding cell called Group 55, where everybody went there first before they went into long-term sentences. But because I only had a 13-week sentence, they kept me in there the whole time. So I was made, able to make an influence on guys that were going to every group in the whole place. And so I wasn't any fool. I picked the little guys to witness to. I didn't want to go up to the big, huge black guy with huge muscles and tell him about Jesus and get my butt whooped. So I'd go to the little guy and witness to him. One of the first guys was a guy named Rusty. I was thinking about it this morning. And uh, I told Rusty about my life and how Jesus changed my life. Man, he prayed a sinner's prayer with me. And then pass out uh, cigarettes so many times a day to these guys, uh, a smoke line. And this guy, uh, uh, Rusty, uh, stayed out of the smoke line. That was kind of, they knew I didn't smoke and I didn't really talk to them about not smoking. It's just they, that was kind of their thing to show others that they were a Christian. 
So uh, uh, I know I'm on dangerous ground here now talking to Dean who smokes a cigar, but. <laughs> no, no, that, that's, that's cigarettes. That, that, they're evil. Go ahead. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So anyhow, Rusty gets saved. Another guy named Bob Barnhart gets saved. Uh, and a uh, uh, bunch of little guys get saved. And I've, I've got this Thompson Chain Reference Bible and I'm putting marks in it, you know, and how many get saved. And uh, one day, there was a knife and fork came missing out of the cafeteria. They, they count. They're real careful that, that in, a, in a jail setting that people don't steal a knife or a fork because it could be used as a weapon. So there's this big uh, uh, shakedown, and the guards, they're bringing extra guards. They're screaming at people. They're, they're turning up mattresses looking for the knife and the fork, and they can't find it. And they're screaming their heads off. And they said, okay, everybody in this big great room. And they got everybody doing push-ups and jumping jacks till they're sick to their stomachs. And they said, we're going to keep doing calisthenics until somebody confesses who took the knife and the fork. And so we were just getting into this room and I was getting ready to, I was not in good shape at the time. And it's like, okay, I've been a drug addict, and, you know. Hadn't done a cal any calisthenics in a long time, and I was not looking forward to it. And they called me the Rev for Reverend. And a guard came up to me and he said, Rev, I know you didn't do it. Go sit down and read your Bible. So I got to sit in this room and read my Bible while everybody else is doing these terrible calisthenics. Then he goes up to this guy named Kim Carter. Now, in the book, Finding God's Frequency, I called him by a different name because I was afraid of using his real name. But anyhow, I don't remember the fake name, but is Kim Carter. And the guards went up to Kim and they said, Kim, we know you didn't do it because you're getting out in a week and you'd be stupid to do it. You're not stupid. So you go sit with the rep. So me and Kim Carter, who is the big black guy that I didn't want to witness to, big muscles, you know, and he was like the toughest guy in there. He sits down next to me while everybody else is doing calisthenics. And he, he says, man, he says, he looks at me and uh, he says, hey, Rev, uh, I see all these guys in here that are finding Christ. And, uh, and I want to find Christ too. I want to have what you have. I know you're really genuinely happy. I can tell. And I want to find Christ. And so in the juvenile diagnostic center in Columbus, Ohio. I led Kim Carter to Christ in a sinner's prayer. The Holy Spirit flooded into his heart. He became a believer. It was authentic, it, authentic salvation. It was vibrant salvation. He started skipping the cigarette lines. He started sitting around reading his Bible. One of the guards came in uh, early on and saw that he didn't jump in the smoke line and they thought he just didn't hear. And the guard, I'll never forget it. The guard said, Hey, Kim, what happened? The rev get to you too. And he was kidding. He thought he just didn't hear. And Kim turned to him and he said, no, the rev didn't get to me. Jesus did. And Kim started witnessing uh, just by his life. And next thing you know, I had him lined up. Whenever we had a free moment, they would be lined up to come sit with me, and I would get to witness to these people. 
And when I left the juvenile diagnostic center 13 weeks later, I had 45 notches in my Thompson Chain Reference Bible of all these young men that I got to lead to Jesus Christ. And uh, for the longest time, for many years, these guys would write me and tell me how they were serving God and how their lives had changed. So that's, that's one of the coolest miracle stories that I have, the, the miracle of salvation, of being able to lead people to Christ and see their lives authentically change. And I have seen so many uh, great answers to prayer early on from my mom and dad and brothers and to the Juvenile Diagnostic Center. And uh, I could go on and on, but... Yeah, um, I, I wanted to mention, uh, you know, the uh, whole notches in the belt thing is a, is a you know, a cliche. Um, uh, so, and you were put, uh, that, that would be notches in a leather belt, and you were putting notches in a leather Bible. And was that because of the known thing of putting notches in leather, or is that, was that really the only way you knew how to keep count? Yeah, I don't really recall. I wrote them on the inside of a Bible, and, and uh, uh, that was just my way of keeping track of them. Okay, but great, great. Um, well, that is an awesome story. Uh, uh, that last one is in the book, Finding God's Frequency, so uh, I would encourage people to uh, read that book if you haven't read it, and I believe you can find that at findinggodsfrequency.com. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's in there. So, so go ahead and get that if you want to get it. Um, let me let me just say that uh, uh, these these stories have been awesome. Uh, I'm going to suggest next week, Bob, uh, that we talk about the concept of abundance, which I know is something on your heart. You were just mentioning it to me in a conversation before we got on here. Um, uh, and I think uh, you'd have a lot of good things to say about that, which would be a good thing to hear right about now because we're in a kind of a scary time. And I think we need to hear about how, how much God has. That'll be another one like miracles where, you know, me with my Calvinist background, I'll have to do all the, uh, all the caveats and all the, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a portion of our theology, not the entire theology. Um, but nevertheless, uh, uh, abundance is a word in the scriptures and uh, it's something that Jesus talks about and uh, and 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 God is uh, rather abundant so let's uh let's look forward to that next week any any final thoughts before we uh finish today well Dean not uh, really just when people ask me how do you have so many miraculous prayers I, I just want to reemphasize that it's for you it's for me. It's for all believers. All who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the word saved in, in the Greek is sozo, which means wholeness, body, mind, soul, and spirit. So God wants to give us uh, good and perfect gifts. The Bible says, says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. He wants to bless us with sustenance. He wants to bless us uh, in our going out and our coming in and all of our ways to be blessed. And so all right, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there because I think you're starting to uh, tread on next week's uh, content. Well, let me just say all we have to do, that was my final uh, point is that all we have to do is call upon him and he'll answer us. These great answers to prayer are not just for me. They're for you. Amen. And they have, 
been very encouraging, been, been encouraging to me. Thank you for sharing them again. I mean, you know, uh, some, some things you, you can't tell too many times. So God is good. And, uh, it's been a blessing. Um, I'm Dean Arnold, your host for the Bobcast with Bob Lavelle, uh, today's Bobcast.com. And we will see you guys next week. All right. God bless you.